2: Another marquee matchup in the Big 12 tonight is 12th-ranked Iowa State is home for number 5 Kansas State. The Cyclones trail the conference leaders by one game. In Des Moines, Drake is home for Indiana State. Both teams are 6-4 and in conference play, two games off the lead. Results of the balloting for the Baseball Hall of Fame Class of 2023 will be announced this evening. Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, and Carlos Beltran among the hopefuls.
3: I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO. All
1: right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO. Five minutes past noon. Uh, The Voice of Iowa State John Walters is going to join us in about a half an hour. He's wrapping up a podcast. We'll get to him about... Oh, 1235, 1240. Whenever he finishes up with that, we will preview K-State, Iowa State. It's an 8 o'clock tip uh, in Ames. Also an 8 o'clock tip down on Forest Avenue. Big spot tonight, the Sycamores, Indiana State. They've lost four in a row. Drake got back into the wind column. Well, they weren't out of it long. Uh, what, a week ago tonight? No, a week ago uh, Wednesday night, uh, Missouri State came in, picked them off in overtime. A game that our uh, guest, Adam Emmenecker, called along with Brad Wells Uh We'll get to you momentarily. Doco Pizza Sponsor. Stop in at uh, today, 24th in University in the Drake neighborhood. Get a great pizza to go. Order online at DocoPizzaDSM.com. And Doco also delivers. Hello, Adam Emmenecker, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you?
2: Hey, guys. I'm doing great today. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, actually, I'm going to make a Doco trip before, uh, before the game tonight. As you mentioned, I worked the game last week, not working the game tonight. So... Uh... Might be a doco night for
1: me. Well it is for me in about an hour. How about that? I'm on my way to pick one up. I've never had it and we're gonna talk about them and they're good enough to sponsor you, so I I want a sample I've heard nothing but good things. So let's go back to uh to that Missouri State game, Adam, and we talked about it yep. uh you know in advance of uh, last Tuesday when you were with us and you're with us every Tuesday and with the uh and No Drive on Thursdays. Um I thought we both thought it was a big spot considering that Mo State got 'em uh on the first of January. Boy, oh, boy, just a a tale of two halves, right, Drake? Drake jumped on him early and just couldn't hold him off.
2: Yeah, you know, 13-point halftime lead, and it really looked like the Missouri State offense. Drake was just giving him fits defensively. Uh, And and then that, to your point, tale of two halves, it completely flipped. The second half turned from a little more of a free-flowing, free-wheeling game. Drake, 34 points uh, in the first half to build that 13-point margin. And then it just really became a rock fight. And Missouri State was running down the clock, every possession, shooting at the end of the shot clock, getting super, super physical with Drake on the defensive side. And, you know, Drake, ended of the game, didn't really shoot the ball very well and, and struggled from the field. The bench struggled to make an impact as well. And the one number that really stood out to me, only five assists for Drake in the entire basketball game, six to 25 from three. So when you only have five assists, that tells me their offense wasn't playing really well. And, you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, you lose those games. That was a tough one for Drake fans. But, you know, it, it's funny, Ken. I was, I was looking at, at the schedule and looking at the results. Even though that one really hurt, this team still won four out of five right. and is still right in the throes of the conference standings and has a couple good opportunities here coming up in the next week or two to keep inching their way towards the, toward the top
1: uh you know it's it's funny you mentioned the uh the, the five assists Roman penn led the led the team that night with two <laughs> he bounced back with 18 uh, over the weekend adam i looked it up i think the most you had uh in that 07 08, uh run i think you had 11 or maybe a couple of 11s uh but 18 assists my gosh that's a huge number
2: that, that is, that is a lot of helpers and I'm gonna challenge, I'm gonna challenge your recollection of the record books, Ken. It was 14 at a game I uh... think you probably paid attention to in March. In March, so I won't go into detail with who that was again because I don't want to have to revisit that. Uh, Fourteen in a game. I'm looking at it I now.
1: Think. You know what? Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because when I talk about that game, I say, "Look, Drake's not in this position without Adam Abinecker. It just happened to be the worst shooting day he ever had in his career." Yeah. Past a pretty. You well. know,
2: sometimes, sometimes luck, sometimes <laughs> luck bounces your way. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. You know, I, I think I did hear somewhere, and I can't substantiate this, but I did hear going 0 for 10 from the floor in the NCAA tournament and having over 10 points. There haven't been a lot of people that have done that. That's so,
1: probably true, yeah. You know,
2: sometimes it's it's good to be uniquely bad, I guess.
1: <laughs> you had a double-double. I mean, honestly,
0: at the end yeah. of the day you had a double-double and you didn't score from the field, which is remarkable. Right, right. Anyways, Quick aside, so the 18 assists was ridiculous from Roman Penn, but you got to put the caveat there, playing Evansville. Evansville's had... Sure. A couple of decent seasons, but overall, this program that used to be a power way back in the day when they were a deep two program, we've seen good coaches yep. go in there: Jim Cruz, Steve Murfeld, Marty Simmons, well, Todd Licklider, Maybe not so much, but that program has struggled so much. What is it? Is that would you rate that the twelfth, you know, or the most difficult job in the MVC? And why can't Evansville ever be good being in Indiana?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think there's there's a couple of there's a couple of reasons for that, and I think Trent, you hit on a couple of them. I will say with their coach now, David Ragland, I think one of the things that you're seeing, part of all the coaching changes means you have co- consistent roster turnover. The other thing that Evansville faces is they're in the same city as Southern Indiana, and people might think, well, what in the heck does that mean? Well, Southern Indiana has been one of the premier division two programs for a long, long time, and actually now have made the transition into division one. So there's been some competition for, for players there, You know, I I think from an Evansville standpoint, when you look where they are today going forward, they've had spurts where they've been good. They've just had a hard time sustaining it. I think what this coaching staff is doing in particular is they're really focused on bringing back some of those Evansville guys, some Mm -hmm. of the guys that had success in the nineties and before bringing back those Evansville Evansville guys that really have like a, a feel and a commitment to the program. They signed a four-star recruit uh, just a couple of weeks ago to come in next year. I would look for Evansville to be pretty active in the transfer portal. I think Evansville fans knew this year, it was it was really about getting themselves situated and learning. And and to be candid, they don't have the they don't have the talent that they can put on the floor to win a ton of games right now. But I think think for Coach Ragland and his staff, it's being active and out there recruiting, getting some of the right pieces in. And I do think they're putting some of the right building blocks in place to trying to get Evansville on the right track.
1: Our uh, weekly showcase of the Valley, in particular, uh, Drake and you and I with Adam Emenecker, Doco Pizza Company sponsors. It seems like Drake is uh, is uh, making a uh, more of an effort to get uh, Brody involved. Boy, is efficient. Didn't play a lot of minutes, scored a bunch of points against Evansville. His offense has gone way up. Uh, what are they doing differently to get the big fella involved?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny, Ken. That's a great question, but I don't think it's anything specific or anything anything different. I mean, part of it is some games are going to be more geared toward Darnell Brody making a big impact and some games games less so. And and so exactly what does that mean? Well, it depends on who he's guarding defensively. And you look at his last one, two, three, four, five games. So he's over in double figures each of the last five games. And one of the things Darnell Brody can do – When he is really active offensively, it isn't necessarily the post-touches, the post-feeds, him getting position. Yes, that matters. But a lot of when he does his work, it's on offensive rebounds. And when he can get one or two offensive rebounds and putbacks in a game, especially in big spots, man, that is a huge confidence build for this entire team. And listen, the guy's a good facilitator. He's got pretty good footwork. When he's at his best scoring the ball, you'll see him moving to the basket rather than kind of accepting what the defense gives him uh, as he's making those post moves. So I think those are the two keys for Darnell Brody. Is he being active and aggressive on the offensive boards? If the answer to that question is yes. And is he being active and aggressive when he gets the basketball, when he gets his opportunities, making moves to the rim? If those two are true, man, 6'10", 6'11", 285 pounds, he's, he's a load to stop.
0: We've seen glimpses of Calhoun this year be a difference maker, but it's been inconsistent. Didn't play against Evansville. What can you tell us on that front? It just waiting for that time, maybe for it all to click, and it just hasn't happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, and, and no, no news necessarily on, on an update for him, but mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing is that our Calhoun is still acclimating to his surroundings, and some people might say, well, what in the heck do you mean? You're out there playing basketball. Did so Dark Calhoun's a rhythm guy and he's a shooter. And and part of what you've seen from him in a lot of the games he's played is he's either been really, really good shooting threes from the outside or confidence just really hasn't been there. And it's kind of been that Jekyll and Hyde relationship. I think what you see what you have with him though is you have a really, really good athlete, you have a guy who's gonna play hard every possession, and the guy a guy that will stretch defenses with his with his shooting ability, with his shooting prowess, prowess he creates uh, some of just that leverage on the floor. I think part of it for this group, and, and I talked about this with uh, Heather and Sean last week, a big key for Drake is how well do they score off the bench. Mm-hmm. And Sadar Calhoun is a big piece to that. They need his scoring punch off the bench and get the, uh, the teammates and his coaching staff and Sadar himself have to continue to be confident, Stick to the process because they're going to need him as, as we go through these last few weeks and into March.
1: Indiana State tonight, uh, 8 o'clock tip off down at the Knapp Center. Uh, we'll get to a trivia question coming up because I know uh, Drake and Brian Harden, the AD over there, got some tickets they'd like uh, you to yeah. give away. So we'll get to that in a second. But when you take a look at this team, they've lost four straight, uh schedule a little more favorable early. But when you look at the team, it's Cavassie McCauley, who uh, seemingly, if you can limit him, there's a pretty good chance you're going to come out on the right end of the scoreboard. What have you seen in indiana state this year
2: yeah i mean i think you you hit the key head the key point uh, indiana state was kind of the surprise of the league starting at six and zero. now it's six and four they lost four straight and had a softer schedule even though they did beat both drake and siu you know i i think part of the struggle with them over the last few games they just had trouble finishing games this is this is for coach shirts this is a balanced team They're good defensively. And part of the reason they won early is they were just really solid in all components. If you go to that first game against Drake, they got off Indiana state. The Sycamores got off to a great start. Mm -hmm. They were up as many as 13, 10 minutes into that basketball game. And Drake was just fighting and clawing back and couldn't overcome, couldn't get over the hump. I, I think part of the difference is you haven't seen those exponential stretches from Indiana state. The last few games they've been close. But as you get down to the last five, six, seven minutes, their opponents, more opponents at the top of the league, the Missouri State, the Bradleys, the Murray State, the Southern Illinois, those teams have been better closing games than Indiana State. I look for Drake to come out tonight and be 100 percent focused and locked in, trying to get some revenge on the Sycamores. And to, uh, and to exert their will, especially at home where this team's played really well.
0: Yeah, five-point lead late in that game for Drake before Indiana State answered the bell. And Robbie Avia, the freshman yeah. uh, from Illinois, he was big in that game. I'm going to guess that maybe Darnell Brody and company got a little something for the freshman, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's part of what you look for. And it's funny, those little, I'll call them like revenge matchups, you don't want somebody to get the best of you, especially when you're an experienced guy like Darnell Brody and you have a younger guy like Avila, that look for Darnell Brody to be aggressive. Ken, you mentioned it before, and I think that's a great point, Trent. Look for that to be kind of a key matchup down low uh, for Drake to try to exploit. Indiana State was plus four in the rebound margin last time. Mm. We'll see if Darnell Brody, only three rebounds in the last game. We'll see if he's pretty active on the glass.
0: We were talking a little bit earlier, Adam, about the conference odds uh, that that are up right now. SIU, the betting favorite, Belmont right behind them. Drake is the fourth choice currently. They're two games back in the standings. But look, you still get SIU one more time, you get him at the NAP Center. You still get to see Belmont two times here. You start the season, win a regular season crown. That is one of the goals. You're two games back, but there's a lot of basketball here. And the teams in front of you right. get to play a couple of times. Drake, even with some of the disappointment this year, still got to feel pretty good about a chance of getting that regular season crown.
2: Yeah, I mean, really all you can all you can want is to control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. And Drake is very much in that mix. And, and you look at the conference there are eight teams within two games of the league. So 12 teams overall, but eight of those teams are pretty stacked to the top, right? And there's not a lot of differentiation. I think when you look going forward, Belmont probably has the uh, most favorable schedule in the league, playing some of the teams, getting more of the opportunities to play the Illinois States, the Evansville, the UIC, the Valparaisos twice, uh, as opposed to maybe having a top heavy league schedule. The good news about that for a team like Drake that does have a top-heavy league schedule, again, you control your own destiny. So if you win, you're going to put yourself in a position to have a great opportunity. But what's really unique about the Valley this year used to always be an 18-game schedule. You play everybody twice. This year, you add two teams, or add three, I guess, if you count UIC, but add two teams, now it's 12 total. It's a Mm 20-game league schedule. You don't play everybody twice. And so Drake is is you can argue fortunate in that they get to compete against all the teams at the top of the league. They get home-and-homes with each. But the downside is maybe some of those that you'd say, check the box, this could be a win, Uh, they don't have as many of those games down the stretch.
1: What have you seen out of northern Iowa who continue to hang around? And, uh, you know, sooner before long, people are going to realize, you know, there's Jacobson, not coach a little bit.
2: (laughs) Well, if if people haven't realized (laughs) uh, Ben Jacobson's a coach. I don't know where the heck they've been because they haven't watched this team over the last decade. And, you know, it's it's just, it's just funny how much better they get throughout the year all the time. And no coach consistently gets more out of his team, out of his ball club, than Coach Jacobson. And, you know, you look up and down their roster, and Bowen Bourne is a really good player. He's a great scorer. He's also 5'11", which changes what they have to do defensively. But if you just look at the schemes, Ben Jacobson maximizes what he gets out of the players that he has and they're in sole possession of second place right now after the tie for first at seven and three in the league. That's a surprise Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And you look at their losses. They lost to Missouri state. They lost to Belmont, you know? So I think that, and Bradley, so you look at that and they won the games. They do what they're supposed to do. That is just rinse and repeat for Ben Jacobson after what seems like about 50 years for him in the ballot.
1: Uh, Adam, uh, away from the game, uh, but but uh, still with Drake, uh, over the weekend, Tommy Burch in the Des Moines Register wrote a really good piece on on Lisa Brinkmeyer, who I used to work with. She, I, I don't know if was, she was right out of college, but uh, the, the first rate sports station in Des Moines was a station called The Jock. And she actually came to work at The Jock and, and sold advertising for a while. So I got to know her a little bit. She'd walk by the studio each and every day. Day and tell my partner and I, Bob Dyer, that if you really want ratings, you better start talking more women's basketball. <laughs> and we go back and forth. She's just a, she's just a, a great person uh, in, in a real battle. I'm sure you know Lisa Brinkmeyer what she's meant to yep. Drake over the years.
2: Yeah, and she she has just been she has been an absolute perfect ambassador for Drake and and for women's basketball. And you know she was she was a heck of a player in her own right sure too. was Let's not get that confused as well. She has been. An awesome person to get a chance to interact with over the years. And, you know, I, I think, uh, as has, through her fight, uh, it helped raise awareness as well. You know, it, I, I think it, it tells you that, uh, gosh, you never know what, what, uh, challenges are, are going to face you in life. But, you know, Lisa is as stubborn and I mean, this in, in the absolute <laughs> yeah. best version right. of, the, of the word of she is an absolute fighter. Lisa is an absolute winner. And, uh, you know, somebody I've been, I've been very fortunate to, uh, to cross paths with here in the last few years and ha- have the commonality and the, the passion for Drake.
1: Uh, you want to give away some tickets via trivia question? Uh, Brian Harden yeah. making it possible. 8 o'clock tip tonight. Now, is a is out at, uh, at the nap tonight?
2: Yep, it's a, it's a whiteout at the nap tonight. And really exciting. Listen, I mean, there's not, there's not too many schools whose athletic director is like, listen, we need a lot of people to be not only excited about what we're trying to do, but there's a lot. There's some great basketball to watch. Why doesn't someone take my ticket? So these are these are a couple of Brian Harden's tickets. Uh, it's a whiteout at the NAP Center tonight. You mentioned an eight o'clock start. So I do have a trivia question where we're giving away uh, four tickets to uh, to the first person to call in and answer.
1: What is the question, sir?
2: So we, we were talking about assists before, and yes. you kind of gave away what I think some Uh-oh. people might have thought the answer would be. So the the. Single-game assist record. Roman Penn just sat at Evansville with 18 assists. Whose single-game record did he break uh, in that game? Roman Penn, 18 assists of, against <laughs> Evansville. Yeah. Whose record did he break?
1: Interesting. I, I have an idea. Uh, we shall see. So the, we've got four tickets. We'll get the email address. We'll get it to Brian. We'll facilitate it that way. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Brian, uh, Brian, Adam, thank you for doing this as always. You'll, we'll be with, uh, with Heather and Sean on Thursday to recap this game tonight and preview the weekend. Look forward to next week, Adam. Thank you as always, my friend.
2: Yep, appreciate it. Have a great one.
1: Thanks, yep, guys. you do the same. Adam Emmenecker, uh, if you've got the answer, we have four tickets to the Drake game tonight. First caller.
0: Wear white. Wear white. Have to do that. And make sure you can make it.
1: Right. Yes,
0: that's always and, the other part.
1: And we could give two to two, two and two, but it's your turn, it's your call. We,
0: we got we're taking four. That's what Adam's got. We're giving away four. A, f- a four pack.
1: I think line two was actually first in this case. Doco Pizza, uh, a proud sponsor of Drake Athletics, and happy to help feed the amazing athletes that power the uh, the Bulldog team. They are open seven days a week, just down the street from the Knapp Center, Twenty Fourth and University. A new location. How about this coming soon? Uh, to Prairie Trail in Ankeny. We are back. Now, I would have guessed it was Adam Emanek, or it's
0: not. I just got the answer. Well, I remember don't don't give situation. it away. No, I'm not.
1: I'm not. Yeah, you, you just
0: did. No, but it's I, not Emin- Adam Well, Emenecher. but yeah, but I'm sure that's what people were going to guess. See, I, didn't,
1: I forgot he had 14 in that game. Yeah. He scored 12 points. Well, no. you've only
0: brought up the 0-10, I don't know, 200 times here <laughs> right. over the last 13 years. I mean oh, give the guy a break, he had 14 assists. And he was 11-12 to 12 from the free throw line. That's not too bad either. Right? And yeah. that's where
1: he double-double in the game, but was over 10 That's hard to do. Ty I'm uh, really grateful for our relationship with Adam and with Doko. Miller and Condon. John Walter is going to join us coming up. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. You get your podcasts.
2: Get in on the action with the world's largest
3: sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Cooking covered. Now, back to Miller and Condon on
1: 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Uh, John Walters momentarily forgot to do the keyword, Trent Condon. Let's get $1,000 for somebody's Let's do car. it. Uh, Go to kxno.com, and once you are there, you can enter this nationwide contest uh, by inserting the keyword bonus in the pop-up box that will appear once you get to kxno.com. Bonus! Bonus! at KXNO.com. Your chance to win a $1,000. Bonus at KXNO.com. While we wait for John Walters to finish up his podcast, he mm-hmm. will join us. We'll preview K-State, Iowa State. 8 o'clock tip tonight. Uh, ESPNU has the television coverage of that one. The bus has the call. Eric and John, uh, they will get on the air at 7 o'clock. So the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame makes their announcement today as, regarding the Class of 2023. By by all accounts, uh, it's there may be no uh, inductees, maybe one, two at most. Todd Helton being the second, but I think he's a long shot. The guy that most have getting in, and I want to get your opinion on this. But mm-hmm. when, when I think a Hall of Fame is usually the first thing that pops into my head. Right? When you say a name, yay or nay. Right. Scott Rowland, Trent.
0: Not close.
1: He's going to get in. Scott Rowland Scott Rowland played 17 years He played over 2,000 games He had uh, 300 and something Low 300 home runs He was a really good player Yes he was Rookie of the year Yep Bunch of gold gloves Ton of gold gloves Great defender Terrific defender Bounced around Philly St. Louis He was a Blue Jay Where did he finish Oh Cincinnati Mm -hmm. Is where
0: he finished up Um, Is he a Hall of Famer? Made $117 million Good for him yeah. No. Scott Rowland, what are we doing here? I'm kind of with you. Hall of Very Good? That's where he belongs, in my opinion. Want to talk about his defensive exploits? He was, was great. Of those. He was great. Here is, uh, let's see, eight, uh, where's the counting stats here? Eight, no, five All-Star games, is that right? Five All-Star <sighs> games? That seems low. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight All-Star games. Okay. In 17 years. Uh-huh. I, I don't see it.
1: And he's going to get in. He's going to get. I in. think. I think he might be the only one that gets in. Uh, it's um, I Todd Hilton. or Todd Helton rather. Mm-hmm. Is he Hall of Famer? Does Does yeah. Denver hold? Uh, you hold Denver against him? Same thing. Very good player.
0: Loved him in fantasy baseball. Had him for a sure. lot of years. He was. He was an automatic right. All very good. Mm-hmm. Who else is on the list? Because now. The steroid guys—the first ones—are not. Anymore, they right? are no longer on the, on that list. Who else is on the list that
1: could get in? Billy Wagner. No. How about Andrew Jones? What What am I missing with him? He's
0: mm. on the list. He burned bright. He sure did. Did we overrate him though, just because he played when he was what nineteen in the World Series? I uh, maybe. I mean, he was such a speaking of defensive players. Yes, absolutely. And he hit some bombs too, and he was on some good teams. But it faded out pretty quickly with Andrew Jones, didn't it? just didn't seem like he had—well, he certainly didn't have a 17-year career like Scott Rowland. Anything like that. i got to bring up the counting numbers here for Andrew Jones. All right, here we go. Andrew Jones, career war, 62. Home runs, 434. More than I would have thought. Yeah, it's a big number. Uh, Just shy of 1,300 Mm -hmm. RBI, 150 steals. OPS at 823. OPS plus, plus 111. Played till he was 35. I think ultimately he bounced around. Here's what. After he left the Braves, he went to the Dodgers, then the Rangers, then the White Sox, then the Yankees for two years. That's probably a part of it. Just bounced around at the end of his career. Had the big year with 51 home runs, 128 RBI in 2005, but same kind of thing. Longer career than I thought. Hmm. Well, very good. Yeah. Is there... Yeah, we talk about this in the NFL a lot. There's some older guys that probably were left out. This, it's t- difficult to cut it down to, what is it, the seven that get in every year, six that get in every year? Well, it's 75% of the ballot. No, no, in the NFL. Oh, yeah, seven. And remember, seven. like the twelve finalists or whatever it was? It's 50, impossible to narrow it down. Right. Mm-hmm. Here, isn't there an old guy you can put in there? Can't we? Put, well, they're all old guys now. <laughs> I, I'm talking about way Real back old in the day. guys. yeah. yeah.
1: Uh maybe. But Billy Wagner. No. Dominant left handed closer. Yeah. Not a Hall of Famer. I'm no. not I'm not saying he belongs. I'm just trying to I'm throwing names out. I don't think there's a Hall of Famer in this class. No. I Carlos Beltran? There's... Does the sign stealing hurt his chances? I, it shouldn't, but it will. I think it should. Should we take a break while we wait for John? Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. Come back for John Walter's schedule, join us voice of Iowa State. Preview K State, Iowa State. We come back. Fingers crossed, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. And obey! Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win. Big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. The, the,
0: counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Well, that's great for the newbies, but if you're not a new customer, you can still feel the conference championship thrills with their stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code KXNO.
1: New customers bet $5 on the conference championships. Get $200 in free bets instantly. It's only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code KXNO. Must be 21 or older. I will Only the bonus is issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. 10-plus leg is required for the 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Them, call 1-8. Basketball tickets. Hi, I'm Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Iowa State, K-State tonight, two of the teams that are, um, well, exceeding expectations, putting a mildly one-picked eighth, one-picked tenth, <laughs> five versus 12 tonight, Hilton Coliseum is the scene, 8 o'clock tip-off is on ESPNU, but if you can't be in front of your TV, uh, the uh, coverage starts with Eric and John taking the airwaves uh, at uh, 7 o'clock. Hello, John Walters, Trent and Ken, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Doing fine. Appreciate it as always, John. Hey, what's Jerome Tang doing differently with this team? When you watch, uh, we haven't seen him in person yet. Um, What do you see when you watch a Jerome Tang K-State team opposed to previous years?
3: Well, it's just a a fun style of play. I mean, I think back to when Fred Hoiberg took over at Iowa State and now the, the turnaround wasn't as quick, certainly with Fred in year one. But just saying, hey, we're going to loosen it up, we're going to play a fun style, we're going to get up and down the floor, and when you've got a point guard like Marquise Noel, uh, man, did that ever allow him to flourish and and play at the high level he's playing at, you know, leading the conference and in, in scoring and assists in Big 12 games, so uh, an open floor is just an invitation for a kid from Harlem to get out there and, and do his thing, and Man, is he fun to watch until tonight? And uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just a it's just a much more wide open style, and and they can really score it. I mean, obviously they scored 116 at Texas that that opened everybody's eyes. Yep. But you know, they're they're a really good offensive basketball team. And Keontae Johnson, I mean, these guys can get up and on the floor. They're playing with a ton of confidence. And he's just done a terrific job. I mean, I think it shows just how impressive Scott Drew's staff was with him on board Mm -hmm. for 19 years and at the core of what Baylor did, which is really one of the amazing turnarounds in college basketball history when you think about what Coach Drew took over. And, you know, Coach Tang was right at the heart of that. So I I don't think anything was going to intimidate him or make him think it was too big of a challenge. And he's gone in and done a tremendous job, just as T.J. did at Iowa State a year ago.
0: We know a lot about Noel. We know about Keontae Johnson. He was a preseason all SEC player before he had the heart in, uh, dis- and took him off the floor for basically a couple of years. What else on this Kansas State team? Have you been preparing for the game and watching them? Who else has kind of jumped off the screen to you?
3: Well, those are the two big ones. You know, I mean, those are the two you have to. They're, they're, they're the top two lines on the scouting report, without a doubt. Yep. I mean,. Uh, with Noel, it's almost like they they just took Deuce Vaughn and said, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna play basketball for a couple of years here too." <laughs> right. uh, I mean, if he's if he's five eight, I'm six six. So <laughs> anyway, they wasn't yeah. five eight, but but those are the big two. But uh, there are other good players. Trent, to answer your question, I mean, Naquan Tomlin has really been uh, a, a great story. A guy that didn't even play high school basketball that is very long and athletic and can block shots and get, really go to the offensive glass. Uh Desi Sills is a good player coming off the bench. They have a lot of transfers, um, like most everybody does nowadays. And <laughs> But guys that have come in and, and made an Im- immediate impact. So um, they've got several other good players, but I would put those two right at the top of the list of uh, uh, falling in behind the big, big two for Kansas State.
1: Uh, do you, have you? Do you know anything regarding the availability of, of Caleb Grill? His defense was clearly man- looking shoot it too, obviously, but he guards you. I had no idea the last couple of years. He's really opened up my eyes just how committed he is. Well, they all are, but uh, but but Grill, he just flat out guards you. Um, what what are the chances he plays tonight, John? And if he does, can he be effective out there?
3: It's a great great two-part question uh, i i don't know if he'll go tonight or not um i i know caleb wants to there, there's no doubt in my mind that he wants to be out on the floor um and if there's any way that he can he will at the same time Vic miller and the training staff have to be very cautious because caleb's going to say yes i'm good to go i'm good to go and you know it, it, we what he looked like state he could hardly move mm-hmm. he was out there for 17 minutes given everything he had but he was nowhere near effective and you know if he can't be effective and you're talking about the guy that's the team leader in minutes played he's by far the team leader in defensive rebounds gathered over the course of the season uh which you wouldn't think of in a guard but right. you're right ken he does so many different things and it i think was surprised a lot of people when they learned that caleb was going to be in the starting lineup at the beginning of this year and man, he's taken it and run with it and really improved. And so I hope he can go tonight, uh, but I also want him in March. And so, you know, we'll see. If, if he's if he's feeling good, at, you know, it's the, a the muscle injury, so it's one of those things that's just how does it feel, you know? And, and if he's able to do it, uh, there's no doubt in my mind he'll say, I want to do it, uh, but that's going to have to be a team decision.
0: Trey King took a tough shot late in the game against Oklahoma State, but you can see why they've been waiting and been very patient as he's become eligible. Dude can get buckets. He can score from a variety of different ways. He's an important piece of this team. What have you seen since he became eligible, starting with that Western Michigan game and his development here over the last month?
3: Yeah, he's really added a lot and the timing. Couldn't have been better with jazz goons going out to have Trey become available right at that exact moment, because you needed somebody in that role. And, Trey is a physical player um, who fits well in TJ's system. Eric Heft often says that, you know, we we often commented on the guys at Texas Tech the last couple of years. Uh, Man, those big, tough, physical forwards that you say, man, I wouldn't mind having one of those guys. Well, I got one now in in Trey King. He looks like one of those Texas Tech players from the last couple of years. And so, um, you know, he, he brings a lot of physicality, which is something TJ loves. He does have a nice touch on his jump shot. Uh, he can go get some offensive rebounds, which always helps. And, you know, he, he played 30 minutes the other night, and he's probably going to have to play a big role again tonight. Even if Caleb's able to go, you got to believe Trey is going to see a lot of minutes on the floor tonight. And so, you know, I think this is a game, guys, where it, TJ would love to muck it up and make it as uh, physical and ugly as humanly possible. And Kansas State's kind of the opposite. You know, they're, they'd love to have it be a real pretty game and, and up and down the floor and fast breaks and, uh, or a lot of layups, and I don't, I don't see P.J. allowing too much at the rim without it being challenged. And so uh, this could be a game where I commit balls, it's possible, and, and you're going to need a whole those guys. And so Trey is one of those guys that's going to have to play a, a pivotal role in tonight's game.
1: Assuming you say the same about Oshuni as well, whose offense's last three games I think has really uh, picked up. Uh, he's caught my eye, and I know I'm not alone, alone John.
3: Well, they found a way to utilize him. I think, you know, early in the season, um, he was trying to, you know, make some moves in the post as a back-to-the-basket player. And they just kind of realized, look, that's not his strength. You know, he's better facing the basket. You can do some pick-and-roll things with him. And it, clearly, when they made that switch, he has just taken off and and has really uh flourished with that mid-range jump shot and uh the ability to have a good feel for when to get to the rim and accept those lobs. And so... Uh, and he's starting to block some shots. He's averaging two block shots a game in, in Big 12 play. So he's adapted on the defensive end as well and understood that he can be a help defender out on the perimeter but still recover and get to the rim and and help protect the rim. So his development has been huge. Now, Robert Jones has been struggling a little bit the last few games. be great if they can get those two guys uh, both playing well at the same time. Uh, then, and if they can, uh, I think Iowa State will be very tough to beat, especially tonight.
0: Wrapping up with a little football with you, John, and a lot of shuffling happening on the coaching staff over there. Nate Shieldhouse goes over now, going to be the quarterback coach. A new wide receiver coach uh, announced or reported by Pete Thamel earlier today. North Dakota State wide receiver coach Noah Pauly will be the new one there. What do you anticipate with this shakeup of the staff? What do you expect to see without getting into great detail going into next season? What's going to be different in your mind with this offense?
3: Well, I, I think it, it, it's a whole change in philosophy on every part of it because you know you have a new strength coach too and i just got done visiting with reed keggy who is the the new strength and conditioning coach who was on matt's staff originally when he came from toledo um and i think they're really looking to get more of a physical presence up front on that offensive line and get back to being able to run the football and doing those things that they kind of built it on here so I think it starts with that, and and you know it limits your playbook so much if you can't do that. You know, if you can't be physical up front, if you can't move people off the ball, if you can't run the football with some consistency, all of a sudden your playbook goes from 100 pages down to about 20. You know, and so I I think that's where it starts. But I'm really curious to see how Nate Shieldhouse approaches things. Uh, I think he's a very bright young mind in this in this profession. Um, and it'll bring some fresh ideas. And maybe maybe it was time for some fresh ideas. You know, I think Tom Manning did a really good job as Iowa State's offensive coordinator through the years. I mean, you look at four or five of the best offenses in Iowa State history were under the direction of Coach Manning. And, you know, he didn't land at Cincinnati by accident. He's got a record of doing some things pretty well through the years. But, you know, things can get stale after a while, too. And maybe maybe some fresh ideas with some mm-hmm. younger coaches coming into the program now thoughts and ideas can uh, rejuvenate things on that offensive side of the ball, and I think after last year you know, you felt like, okay, maybe things have gotten a little bit still, and they need to rejuvenate a little bit, so uh, it's exciting to think about where that might go, but I'm kind of like you guys, I'm guessing. If I was to sit mm-hmm. here and say they're going to do X, Y, and Z, I have no idea. Maybe have a little bit better idea after spring football, but uh, I'm excited just to see what they try to do, and I do think it all starts up front.
1: You're regular listener to our show, John. We do a lot of guessing from 11 to 1 <laughs> with Miller and Condor. <laughs> it's a new date for the program. Joe, go. <laughs> yeah. uh, John, thanks for doing this. Uh, and to your point, Tom Manning was out of work about a week before he landed at Cincinnati. Yeah. So, John, uh, thanks for doing this. Need to do it more often. Appreciate you coming on, John Walters. Thank you.
2: Anytime, guys, thanks.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State again broadcast uh, Eric Heft and John Walters. They take the airwaves on 100.3 of the bus, 1430 KSI in Ames, Cyclone Radio Network at 7 o'clock. Well, Trent Condon, mm-hmm. running out a show. I'm assuming you have a
0: couple of picks stashed away that you can share. I here. do. Our Circa Plays of the Day brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app. They have the Iowa-Ohio State game. That was a winner for me yesterday. Gave you four picks on the program. Went 3-0-1. We got seven plays here for tonight. Let's start things off. The early League game. Big Ten. Penn State makes their way to Rutgers. I just can't stop this Nittany Lion team. I have the man crush on Jalen Pickett. I love the dude. I'm going to grab the Nittany Lions plus the 6.5. Also going to grab plus money. Florida State, awful at the beginning of the year. Getting better. Miami's good. I think this is a tricky spot here. I'm going to take Florida State and grab the 3.5 in that one. Also grabbing the points. TCU after that big win at Kansas. Comes back home. Sleepy environment against Oklahoma. Sooners aren't bad. They're not great. Not bad. I'm going to grab the Sooners, getting 6.5 in that one. Also grabbing the points with Georgia Tech tonight as they go to Clemson. I just can't believe in this Clemson team. They're yeah. still in first place of the ACC. Somebody has to be. Uh, it's a good point. Speaking of the ACC, give me Carolina tonight at Syracuse, laying the four there. And we wrap it up with the two locals. And I'm taking both home teams. I'm laying it with the doggies tonight. Give me Drake minus a six. I got Iowa State last night minus 4.5. Five and a half right now is the number with the Cyclones.
1: All right. Nick Norton was the answer to that trivia question, right. by the way, but didn't pass that on. TJ, enjoy the game tonight. He was our winner. boy TJ. Well done. Murph and Andy in five minutes. KX and no drive. Heather and Sean at three until six. Tomorrow, Mitch Holters, Voice of the Chiefs at 1130. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays, 1101 Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX.